Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Right now, uh, I want to talk some basketball, and it's been a wee while since we've had Mark Hinton. I think last time we had him on this program, he was um, in a in a shoebox apartment in France. He's back here with his other love now, basketball being the agenda. Although, Mark, it's almost rugby season, isn't it? It's, uh, we're nearly halfway through February, so surely rugby season's knocking on our door. It certainly is. Super rugby launches Wednesday. That means uh, the season kickoff is less than two weeks away. Um, it's the final round of the preseason. I think New Zealand teams all play Friday. Chiefs Blues are playing in Takapuna on Friday afternoon. Good luck in this weather. But uh, yes, about <laughs> to kick off. Uh, yeah, it is always a bit incongruous in these late 20 degree temperatures to be thinking rugby. But um, that is the modern world where the season seems to go on forever. It's just bizarre because I've I've almost lost my sporting compass because we're only a quarter of a way into a test cricket season. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is a, a kind of a weird juxtaposition when you've got rugby and cricket sort of duelling for our main grounds through February and March. But, yeah, that's the way of the modern world. So it should be fun. And, of course, lots of interest is in there because it's a, it's a new era of, you know, particularly in the men's game of, of New Zealand rugby with a fresh All Blacks coach always bringing in um, plenty of interest. And probably you could double that when you... When you factor in that it's a it's a, such a, a personality like Scott Razor Robinson coming in the, to take the rein, so you know a, a lot of interest uh, and, and of course Super Rugby's where where players will sort of stake their claims to be part of Razor's new new era. Yeah, for sure. I actually want to talk a little bit of Six Nations um, later on in the show this morning, so I'll have to remind myself to do that because that's been highly entertaining a couple of weeks in. But Mark, the reason we thought we'd we'd call in the the big guns, aka you, this morning was, I'm trying to get my head around this breakers position, and the breakers in general, the defiant breakers who, um, unfortunately, yesterday folded uh, to the to Melbourne United. Um, now they have just been scrapping and scrapping and scrapping, fighting, and every team has injury problems throughout the year. But man, the the Anthony Lamb. Uh, Achilles news was just a, the gut punch of all gut punches. Can you can you break it down to me and to everybody listening where the breakers are at now? Is the season technically done or no? And just give us your synopsis on their state, the state of breaker nation. Yeah, they're um, a dreadfully bad luck with uh, um, Anthony Lamb's uh, ruptured Achilles tendon. Of course, that's a major injury. He's going to be out for probably the best part of a year. Um, um, and in, in a season where pretty much they've had a they've had a main sort of player out injured through the whole year, so 
a major blow to their chances, but they are very much a chance to sneak into the um, to the top six, which which essentially gets gets them into uh, the expanded playoffs. They have a little thing called a play-in uh, tournament for uh, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and they kind of uh, play out um, a couple of games, sudden death type games, to see who uh, who, who makes it through to the. Uh, semi-finals alongside the top two finishes. So they're, they're a chance. Um, they, it's currently sit six, so they're right on that line. Um, with a record of 12 and 14, look, there's basically four teams vying for three spots below the top three of Melbourne, Perth and Tasmania. So um, they're right in the mix. Two games to go. They play, play Brisbane at home on Friday and then Adelaide away on Sunday. Um, if they win Brisbane, they're in. If they beat Brisbane, sorry, if they win that Brisbane game, they're in basically because Brisbane are one of the teams they're they're duelling with, and and a win over them would would um, put them on the same uh, record as Brisbane, and they've got a, a superior um, sort of points uh, count back top scenario. So um, basically, win on Friday night, they're in, and then if they could win again on Sunday, they could improve their placing as high as. Um, as high as fourth, which would be important because then you get a um, a little bit of an advantage in terms of a home play in or, or a, a sort of a second chance type play in game scenario. So um, they're, they're very much in the race. Um, can they win the championship? Um, major doubts without Lamb. Look, you have to say they don't have the firepower to win, to go through and beat the likes of Melbourne and Perth you know, in a, in a series um, when it really mattered. But they could make a little bit of a run. They could, you know, get as far as the semifinals um, with the group they have. You know, Parker Jackson, Cartwright, the little mercurial point guard, one of the best players in the league, just sensational um, speed. Um, also one of the smallest players in the league, probably the smallest. So if you, if you ever sort of have that preconception that basketball's a game for Giants, you want to go see the breakers. Yeah. And, Parker Jackson Cartwright because he is magical to watch, but uh, um, they just lack um, support really. They lack that. Anthony Lamb was pretty much their second uh, scoring punch, and without him, they're, they're well short of firepower. Like on Sunday against Melbourne, they only had eight points off the bench, um, just not enough. Um, you know, and supportive, I guess. You know, a, a, still a solid starting five, but. Um, uh, just not enough sort of scoring punch because of the you know the loss of Lamb. So they, they, they're going to be pushing it, but they could be still in the mix. And when you're in the mix, you're still a chance. So it's a really interesting season. And I've thought about this, and we've actually spoken a lot about this with the Phoenix at the moment, because the Phoenix are kind of, um, well, they're on fire, A, the top of the league. They, they might win the league. And I think there's a bit of a groundswell of support behind them. And then that they're... Giancarlo Italiano said, "Well, we're not a we're not a football country. That's the reality, and you have to win to earn the right to kind of make the mainstream to be in the consciousness. And they are doing that, and they are starting to build a bit of momentum. I think with the the general sporting public here in New Zealand, the Breakers have been one of those teams that we have loved to support because they've been so good. Um, then off the back of last year, where they they went so close to winning it all again and, and adding to their storied history." Uh, I, I think there was probably a lot of people at the start of the year willing to and wanting to get back in behind them. But to me, on the periphery, Mark, it's almost felt like this season's just, every time it's got started, it's kind of, we've got a flat tyre. And it's been quite hard to, as a, a, a fair weather or a casual Breakers fan, support them and be fully invested in Breaker Nation this year. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, yeah, and the record suggests that. I mean, 12 and 14, you know, they've lost more than they've won. Um, they've never really been able to get on one of those sort of runs that you talk about that the Phoenix have where they've strung, you know, winning streaks together and got some real momentum. Um, still getting good crowds along to Sparks that have in the sort of five, 6,000 range, which is good for, it, you know, indoor sport. Um, I think it's as high as maybe six, six to seven this year. Um, so good, you know, and, and creating really good atmospheres. Um, and Friday nights went over Illawarra, which was, you know, uh, uh, just an absolute thriller sealed with um, some great plays down the stretch. Just, you know, had, had, had really had a fantastic atmosphere. So still a good buzz around them. But as you say, just ha- they haven't been able to kind of really get any momentum going. And that's because of those injuries. They lost Zyland, Cheek, them, Will McDowell-White for long periods. They've had Finn Delaney out as well, and he's still struggling. And it's a, a you know, for sort of former momentum. We know how good Finn Delaney is. He's a you know, quality player. He's played played in Europe last year in Germany and you know performed really well in Bonn. Um, but just ha- hasn't been able to get any any rhythm and confidence to his game this year. I mean, he was uh, zero points on Sunday in Melbourne, 0 for five shooting. They just need more from from Delaney. Yeah. You know, it's Tom a- Tom Abercrombie's last year, almost certainly, um, and he's a wee bit of a fa- fading guy now. Can um, just struggling to really con- contribute too much, so they're just they're just lacking a little bit of depth this year, you know, behind the sort of front five and 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 all those injuries just haven't enabled them to build, you know, uh, momentum and form. And of course, Anthony Lamb's departure now just really robs them of that. They would have been a danger team with him there going into into the finals in any position because this is a guy that. You know, played quality rotation minutes for the Golden State Warriors in the NBA. He can put up 20, 30 points, you know, without really um, breaking a sweat in this league. So um, you miss a guy like that, you know, you really are um, missing your firepower. But they just have to find a way. They just have to find a way with what they've got. They've got Will McDowell-White, the Aussie playmaker, who's now kind of got a rhythm to his game. Um, Mango Matiang, the, the big centre um Starting to play better, young uh, Rastovicius from Lithuania, 21-year-old Dexter, um, had a poor game on Sunday, but uh, has been playing well. So they got some Zyland Chetham, of course, who's a highlight machine, plays above the rim, just a, a, a athletic phenomenon. Um, so they got some solid pieces, but yeah, just without land, they're just missing that that other scoring thrust that that Parker Jackson can't provide. So um, they're up against it, but um, you know you got a chance while you're in the mix. What is the contract? What's Modi Moore's contract like? Is he? Where are we at with him? Because he seemed exasperated at different points throughout the year, and I just like I think it's such a good point around Finn Delaney and the kind of New Zealand footprint on this team. I wonder what the roster looks like next year. Obviously, we got to finish this season first. But as far as the coach, is he here for the foreseeable? Yes. Yeah. He's pretty. He's in pretty solid uh, uh, ground there. Good coach. Recruits well. Yeah. As you say. Um, Probably a bit of a question mark about his use of New Zealand talent. Doesn't really um, mm. embrace, shall we say, Kiwi. You know, um, he's got th- really three Kiwis that play uh, only, that play sort of regular-ish minutes um, for him. And Finn Delaney, Tom Abercrombie and, and Isaiah Leafa, um, who's an important figure in the breakers, a little guard, great defender and, and very capable of knocking down uh, shots from deep. So really only three Kiwis, you know, that, that take the court. So he does rely on his imports and his next stars and, and his Aussie 
talent. Um, but that's, I guess that's just the NBL, you know, they're just, um, um, there just isn't, aren't that many Kiwis really um, able to dominate it at, at this level. It's a very high level league, you know, you've got Shea Illy and um, uh, Flynn, Cam- uh, Flynn Cameron over in Melbourne who are doing some good things, the Webster boys in Perth, you know, also um, particularly Ty who's a, a, and, and Hiram Harris of course, who are, who's, who's now starting at Power Forward for the Perth Wildcats. So, um, you know, some Kiwis making their mark, but it's a tough league. And, 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 you know, New Zealand basketballers probably have to put their hands up and actually, you know, demand more time, particularly for the breakers and, and the likes of, you know, Dan Fotu. Um, not quite been able to do that so far. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 they don't have that Kiwi stamp maybe that they've had in the past with the likes of the Vaconas and Corey Webster and Dylan Boucher and all those sort of guys that used to figure so prominently for them. That That's that missing ingredient they have at the moment. Yeah, it's quite notable, noticeable, isn't it? It just doesn't, yeah. I, I know what you're saying, Mark. I, I get it. It feels a bit like that from the outside. Just on, on Kiwi Hoops and we'll let you crack. I'll ask one, one, I've got one thing I want to ask about the NBA and then we'll let you crack on with your day. But the Tall yeah. Ferns, um, they had a bit of a hammering this morning. They had to play France, so it's kind of... You know, no, we, we weren't overly uh, hopeful. Well, I, I certainly wasn't, but um, they've had a, a decent go at the Olympic qualifiers, and yeah, unfortunately for them, um, thirty nine ninety four is probably not a, an overly enjoyable way for it to end. No, and another team dreadfully unlucky with injuries. I mean, but basically their whole starting or top five players, were, excuse me, were all out with injuries, especially, especially the likes of. Charlize Leisure Walker went down with a knee injury playing for Washington State in college basketball and Panina Davidson, a very experienced um, uh, forward for the Tall Ferns, was unable to play either with a calf injury playing in the Australian Women's National League But and, and you throw in another sort of three or four sort of high-level senior players who weren't able to play through injury or or other factors. Um, it, was a, it was a very young group that went there. They only had a an outside shot at it, really, with the Greek they had. Look, they went close. They lost, I think, only by two points to Puerto Rico and I think led by one inside the last minute. So they did have a shot. If they had won that game, believe it or not, they would have made it to the Paris Olympics because um, essentially with France qualifying as host, the two ah. other teams were going, to make it, were going to make it from that four-team tournament. And if they'd beaten Puerto Rico, they would have got there. But they lost that game by two points. So they actually ended, oh. they got absolutely smashed by China and smashed by France, but did go closer in the one over the weekend um, that really mattered and gave themselves a shot. So you give them credit for that. And obviously, after losing that, playing France last up with nothing on the line um, uh, was a game too far for them. But uh, a, a young group featuring a 16-year-old, two 18-year-olds, um, really hardly any players that had any international experience at all, we're always going to be up against it, and unfortunately, it was just bad timing with those injuries. I think with Charlize and Panina and the likes, they would have beaten Puerto Rico and they would have got to to Paris. So a little bit unlucky there for, for our women's basketballers. Yeah, heartbreaking for Guy and the whole program. To be honest, that to go that close, that sort of injury ward, that is that is terrible. Um, oh, they'll be better for it. And I know that's the the lens they're taking. Like it, to be out there to take on China and France and that sort of setting, it'll it'll do them a world of good, especially the younger players. Mark, hey, um, the the trade deadline of the NBA was pretty non-eventful. To be honest, I was 
kind of thinking there were a few teams that were maybe going to push the envelope. They didn't really. It, pro- it probably might surprise a few people the the scene that we've got set in the NBA at the moment. Like the the teams that have been so good for so long are kind of all with the more established stars over the from the last kind of decade and a bit are kind of um, are battling a little bit and looking like they're going to have to find a kick. And it seems to be these kind of the teams that have a bit of youth or new look to them, barring the Celtics and the Nuggets that are kind of right at the top of their respective conferences. If you were this far out trying to tip the um, finals teams, could you go past the Celtics and the Nuggets? Because I'm kind of just at that point where I, I just think it'll be the teams with the two most finals experience that will playoffs experience that'll probably go deepest. Yeah, you beat me to it there. I was about to say to you, I you know, as competitive as it is and, and with that little sniff of the changing of the guard that appears to be there in the NBA, you still can't go past the Boston Celtics and the Denver Nuggets winning through to the um, out of their respective conferences to the final. Nuggets, of course, have Nikola Jokic, who is just a one-man entertainment machine. I just love watching yeah. the Nuggets, just purely <laughs> to watch him, uh, uh, to see a big man with that sort of skill um, who, who can jump, you know, could barely clear a, a couple of cigarette papers with his vertical leap and <laughs> just so good and so you know excellent with his footwork and his, his passing ability is renowned. I mean, just an incredible player to watch. So you, you both those teams have, a, have amazing starting fives and probably their challenges are uh, how much impact they get off their bench, but um, they're both well-placed. Denver's 36 and 17 in the West, uh, which is being led by Minnesota at 36 and 16. So Denver's right in, in the mix, heading into the All-Star break very shortly um, and well-placed to sort of push home and get one of those top seeds, which you'd, which you'd bank on for them. And Boston lead the East. 40 and 12 and and have established some distance to the chasing Cleveland Cavaliers. If you had them to be second best yeah. team in the East, you're doing well. But, you know, again, that, that they're one of those young teams you talk about. Donovan Mitchell and a lot of guys, you know, a lot of young players, really a great supporting cast. They don't really have a... Well, Donovan Mitchell's a great player, but they don't really have that sort of kind of superstar that most of the other top teams have. But they have a great a great sort of uh, team that anyone can contribute on a given day. So, um, you know, Milwaukee Bucks, of course, and, and, and the Knicks have improved and are going great, but battling injury. Um, Philadelphia 76ers, likewise, with their big man Joel Embiid out, uh, dropping down the standings a bit. And up in the West, um, Minnesota Timberwolves, they actually lead it. Another team that you talk about with this, this, this sort of new era, young talent, Led by you know Ant Edwards, uh, who's who's some compare to a fellow by the name of Michael Jordan, just because of his latent athleticism and ability to score the basketball. But and, and also in the mix um, alongside the Nuggets are the LA Clippers, um, who have finally kind of figured things out with their um, star trio of uh, Ka- Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and and uh, James Harden. So um, it, it's sort of anybody's game, but most NBA pundits are thinking Boston and Denver have that class, have that amazing starting five, and they're going to be hard to beat in a seven-game series. You just nailed it. The synopsis is exactly right. It's like it's different and it's quirky, but then when the chips are down, we'll just tip the same teams because we'll have the Celtics, who for the core has been together for so long now, and just adding Drew Holiday like their ultimate plug-and-play guy, and then... 
the Nuggets, the defending champs with the, pretty much the same roster and just kind of coasting and, and coasting very well at 36 and 17, as you say. Uh, great synopsis, Mark. Love talking hoops with you, mate. Really, really do appreciate your time. Um, we'll let you crack on for your day and no doubt. Or oh, do you have a Super Bowl tip? Will you be watching? Are you into your football at all? I am. I love the, I love American football. Just as a, I don't really support one team. I just like it as a sport. As a sport, and also the summer there. Obviously, you want to get on board. But I'm going for the 49ers. Um, my daughter loves Taylor Swift, so she's telling me the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs are going to win, uh, which is amazing. Their whole Taylor Swift connection has just brought a whole new level of fans to the sport. So um, I guess she'll get as much airtime as you know as Patrick Mahomes and and. and Christian McCaffrey and so forth are, uh, in this game. But um, now I'm going for the 49ers. They've been uh, kind of the best team in, in the league the whole year. I'd like to see them finish it off. Kansas City Chiefs have won enough in recent times. The old 49ers, love to see them get back in there. So I'm tipping them to win a, in a close one because those Kansas City Chiefs uh, seem to have a little bit of a destiny about them. So they will be tough to knock off and Patrick Mahomes can certainly make those plays. And just one other point, I think New Zealanders have if they weren't paying attention, and amongst the few moves that were made on the trade deadline, Stephen Adams to the Houston Rockets. Yeah. That's a very interesting one. Yeah. 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 Our New Zealand Stephen Adams, who we haven't seen, uh, in, we won't see in the NBA this year. He's recovering from knee surgery and missed most of last year as well. I think when he finally fronts for the Rockets next year, it'll be 21 months or something since he would have played in the NBA. So a lot of uncertainty around what sort of player he's going to be coming back from major knee um, injury and then surgery but he's going to the Rockets and and really being viewed as a backup centre now so a bit of a step back and roll for Stephen but it'll be interesting to see Rockets so another team with a young cast a lot of guys who are you know they've had a lot of high draft picks in recent times so a young exciting team and they're very much looking to him to be a veteran presence so uh, Kiwis, hold your breath because there's not much interest for us in the NBA at the moment, but there will be next year with Stephen Adams. Yeah, back, and 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 the guy the guy he's playing behind, Shingun, is one of the weirdest. Yeah. He's like Jokic light. He's got the strangest body, but he's he's got unbelievable foot movement, as you say again, like Jokic, and he's got this touch around yeah. the room. He's um he's yeah. a real exciting prospect to watch, Mark. Hey, love chatting, mate. Really, really good stuff. We'll let you crack good on. on you. Cheers.